We are back for more Talking with T-Bird. I am Rob Sesternino, and I am here with the bounty hunter of reality TV podcasting. Here she is, the great survivor legend from Survivor Africa. Here is uh, the wonderful Teresa T-Bird Cooper. Hey, Rob. Okay, Rob, let's see. That was really sweet. Uh, Survivor legend. That's quite a stretch, but that's very sweet. So thank you. It's yes. great to be back. It's great to be back. Always. Yes. Always a pleasure. And T-Bird, we've got a good one here today. You were able to track down from Survivor China, Mr. Michael Frosty Zernow. Yes. I started working on him for season one, and we just couldn't get our schedules together. And then I had to do a little negotiating with him. I thought, hey, fire tokens are kind of a big thing right now. So, hey, you never know. I didn't know if he wanted to play again, if it was an option. But I threw out fire tokens, and I heard back with him within about an hour. Boom. (laughs) Okay. Yes. All right. So, we have Frosty. We'll talk to Frosty about uh, Survivor, uh, parkour, and uh, much more here with Frosty from Survivor China. T-Bird, what have you been up to? Nothing. Just um, trying to land Frosty, basically. Mm-hmm. And we did, and we got him. And that's you know it? what? I'm flying. I'm going. I'm going back flying this month in July. So that's good. I haven't flown in the last few months. So looking forward to getting back in the in the sky. Yeah. And other than that, that's about it. What do you do Working in your on- downtime, T Bird? Well, Rob, I like to exercise. Oh, uh, so you do. I don't know if you knew that. I love to exercise. It's my middle medicine. Like I told Debbie last week. Yes. And I I I work, of course, with Delta as a German speaker. So because I haven't been flying much, I have to kind of stay on top of my German. So I've been working on that. Um, that's actually a hobby, reading reading German. So that's it. Yeah. Very okay. kind of boring stuff. Yeah. Well, T-Bird. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look, I, if you are a somebody who loves to exercise, I know that a lot of gyms, you can't go there right now. But uh, we do right. have a, a great offer from one of our sponsors to be able to practice your physical fitness. I don't know if you will need to get ready to do parkour, but uh, Beachbody On Demand has a, a great offer for our listeners. Uh, that is the workout uh, program that you can do from home. Uh, they've got a a great offer where you can have a special free trial membership. Text the word RHAP to 303030. Uh, listen to this, uh, T-Bird. Uh, the summer isn't on hold, so your summer bod shouldn't be either. Should I be saying bod? I'm not sure. Uh, get access to professional training from the comfort of your home with Beachbody On Demand. Uh, a great way to stay fit during the time uh, when we can't get to the gym for many 
of us, you'll get instant access to over 1,300 workouts that you can stream anytime so you can maintain a consistent routine on your own schedule. T-Bird, uh, this, would, this would be great for you. Hey, look, Beach Body on Demand, RHAP 30-30-30, I can remember that. This is fantastic yeah. for so many people right now, Rob, because everybody's locked in. And like you said, gyms aren't open. And this is great. It's hard for people to get out and make themselves kind of run or walk. If they've got a planned, um, a plan like Beach Body on Demand, perfect. Yeah. We all, need, all, could do we this. all need this. Workouts are as short as 10 minutes. You don't need any extra equipment. You don't need to go all out that you can start small with something for as, as short as 10 minutes a day. And they've got great programs. They're the people that do P90X, Insanity, 21-Day Fix, hundreds of effective workouts for all fitness levels, including bodybuilding, weight training, cardio, uh, high-intensity interval training, yoga, even dance workouts, which I could see you doing, T-Bird. Did they throw parkour into that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, know. I don't think I they don't do know. parkour. That's too dangerous to try to do in your house. Uh, <laughs> work out on your schedule. You can access it anytime, <laughs> anywhere on your computer, web-enabled TV, tablet, smartphone, Roku, Apple TV, Chromecast, and more. Listeners of Rob is a Podcast can try it absolutely for free. My favorite program on there is called Lift 4. It's four days of some light weight training. They mix in some high-intensity interval training as well. It's only four days out of seven, uh, about 40 minutes per session uh, with Joel. Uh, That's my favorite, uh, but there's something there for each individual type of workout that you might want to do. Uh, Of course, uh, you can get it all for free when you do a special free trial membership. Text RHAP to 303030. You'll get the full access to the entire platform, all the workouts, nutritional information, and support absolutely free. Just text RHAP to 303030. Okay. Uh, T Bird. Hey, what do you have to lose? What do you have to lose? Free trial. What do you have to lose? Hey, I got to ask you this. What does Nicole do it? Because I know she works out a lot. Has she done this Beach Body on Demand? Because she she looks really good. Nicole has done a, a lot of things that are that are like this, uh, but she isn't uh, specific. She has uh, d- different things that uh, she likes to do. That uh, that you know, I feel like that the listeners of this podcast that they may take a recommendation from me. Uh, that uh, Nicole is going to do her own thing, and she doesn't want to listen to anything that uh, I might suggest as a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> if it's coming hey, from me on a podcast, that usually the sponsor looks at that like, oh, we want an endorsement from the host of the podcast. That's actually a turn off for my wife. If uh, if she's yeah. heard I endorse a product, she's like, okay, well then I'm I'm not doing that. Out of principle, <laughs> right? So don't, that's great. But that's that's a personal thing. We don't need to get into that too much. Uh, uh-huh. T Bird, can I ask you a question? Uh, what do you watch yes. on TV? Do you watch any shows? Uh, well, let's see. Let's see. I, okay, I like crime shows. Crime, I shows. crime shows. I didn't know this yes. about you. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm, my major was in psychology, so I'm fascinated with Forty Eight Hours, Snapped, Six, uh, Forty Eight Hours. What else? Let's see. Dateline, Forty Eight Hours, Snapped, HLN, all that stuff. I, I yeah, I, I know it. So you just like these shows where crazy stuff. It's like we've uh, they uncovered this murder, but was it murder? Like uh, the oh whole thing? Oh my gosh! Yeah, you and, and that right there is the reason my husband won't watch any of these. By the way, he won't watch any of them because of the voice you did right there. 
is what's my guy's name? What's his name? I can't think of it. You, it caught me off guard because of the way he does his voice. Glenn won't watch any of that. So mm-hmm. yes. So crime yeah. shows I like, and of course you know Survivor I like, and then mm-hmm. you told me about this toughest nails on yeah. Wednesday nights and Survivor slot right now. I'm gonna oh, try yeah. that out. So that's my, I might be adding that to my list. Yeah, but do you watch a lot of TV or no? No, no, mm-hmm. I do not. Actually, TiVo, I TiVo everything. And so late at night, I'll sit in there and kind of watch something when I'm, you know, I'm researching our our, our guest on talking with T-Bird. I'll, I'll throw on something. Yeah. Why, how much research do you do for a podcast like this? Because I'm always impressed with how much you really, you know, get, uh, get into everything. You're reaching out to all the different people. Like, how, how many hours of prep would you do for one of these? Oh, Rob, I don't know. I, I, I do... Quite a bit because my husband will mention you sure are spending a lot of time with that. I'm not, I know, baby, it's my job. It's my job. <laughs> you know, it a lot, but a lot. I don't do it. I try to do it like with Frosty. I only kind of um, worked this out with Frosty just a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. Usually, I know as soon as we finish today with our podcast, I'll know who I'm going after the next day. I usually give today a break. Starting tomorrow, I'll start back on my next guest. So. I usually have, you know, seven, seven to 10 days to do my research a little every day. But this time with Frosty, I didn't have as much time. I only had a couple of days to pull it together. But I love it. I mean, Rob, I love it. I mean, that these people, these players take the time to come on with us. They take their time up to come talk about Survivor. I want them to feel like that we care that they're with us. And I love it. So... I enjoy it. It's it's a hobby. It's a hobby. Okay. Well, uh, T-Bird, we appreciate all your hard work. We'll get into everything with Frosty in just a moment. Let me just give you one other quick podcast recommendation for one of my colleagues on Podcast One. It's uh, the Jordan Harbinger Show. And uh, the Jordan Harbinger Show uh, is an Apple Top 50 podcast uh, among the Apple's best of uh, 2018 as well. And Jordan has a a lot of uh, either things to improve yourself or to become a more informed and critical thinker so you can get a much deeper understanding of how the world works and make sense of what's really happening. Uh, Jordan has uh, some really great interviews uh, with people like Mark Cuban and also topics about things uh, like uh, how to fix your relationship without nagging. I may uh, listen to that one. And how to fire someone you care about, T-Bird. Oh, uh, I won't listen to that one. I won't listen to that one uh, because uh, that, there's nobody, Are nobody sh- that I would want to fire uh, that I that I uh, care about. T Bird. I was just gonna say, is this a segue? Am I getting ready no, to get I'm fired? Gonna, is that what we're going on with no, this? No, no, no. Uh, I'm sure. Okay. Jordan uh, is a. Uh, I, I've I've met him. He's a great guy. Uh, he's been podcasting for uh, about the same length of time that I have. He's got amazing stories with people that have lived them, from getting uh, kidnapped by Al Qaeda uh, and escaping, oh. going undercover as a CIA agent. Uh, that the Jordan Harbinger Show is a, a great listen, and you can uh, search for the Jordan Harbinger Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, or go to Jordan Harbinger dot com slash 
subscribe. Uh, This isn't pop psychology or superficial advice. This is a show that offers meaningful, fun, life-changing insights with a practical edge so listeners can apply something right out of the box every show, every day. What I like about Jordan is that he is a skeptic but not a cynic. He doesn't let his uh, guests get away with platitudes and that shallow self-help stuff. In fact, every episode has worksheets. You can make sure you're internalizing and applying what you learn from the guests. Tiber, should we have worksheets for our show? Maybe we should. Yeah. So, Jordan, uh, so, okay. Got a worksheet. Okay. Um, so, go ahead and head on over to jordanharbinger.com slash subscribe. It has all the links to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right. T-Bird, we got Frosty on the line. Uh, take it away. Okay. Today on Talking with T-Bird, Rob and I are joined by our very First castaway from season 15, Survivor China. Not only was he the youngest player on China, which, by the way, averaged the youngest players only to be edged out by Survivor Ghost Island on season 36, but he was also the very first contestant under the age of 21 to ever compete on Survivor. This well above his years 20-year-old was a, quote, reasonable voice on both sides, end quote, as told to me by one of his tribe mates, Sharia Lloyd. He lasted until day 27 when the other players quickly realized that he was not only a major physical threat, but a wonderful human human being as described by another one of his tribe mates. So in a game where being a good social player is a big liability, Clearly, his likability was also working against him. And Rob, just FYI, this was an interview I had been trying to land since season one on Talking with T-Bird, but couldn't pull it together. But with some DMs and a promise of negotiating fire tokens, if we ever get our second chance to play together, then we sealed the deal. His practice of parkour and free running is a fascinating sport that is not only recreational for him, but his fine-tuned skill has proven financially beneficial. Whoa. He has displayed he has displayed his talents on TV, advertisements, corporate events, including one of Madonna's world tours. I am thrilled, thrilled to have this survivor trailblazer, pioneer that has described himself as creative, dynamic, and determined that I now know is so loved and respected by his Survivor China cast. He left an impact on those he played with. Can you even imagine anyone bringing PG Law to tears? He stands out in a crowd, and this was told to me by the winner of China, Todd Herzog. Yep, this 20-year-old was well above his years and cared for others said player Leslie Nice as he was playing the cutthroat game we know as Survivor. Making his very, very first appearance on RHAP, I am excited and honored to welcome Michael Frosty Zernow. Yes! <laughs> wow. What an introduction, uh, Frosty. Yeah, I need to hire you just to, you know, announce me when I enter rooms. That was amazing. Thank <laughs> you <Yes>. so much. <laughs> T-Bird is Hi, a, such a hype person. Yes. <laughs> that was incredible. 
Frosty. My Wikipedia page anytime. Yes. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, how are you? I'm, I'm, I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for having me. This is really, this is really exciting. Yeah, uh, very nice to talk to you and uh, looking forward to getting to catch up here a little bit over uh, these last couple of days. And, but we saw that, uh, and Dalton Ross just caught up with you too. You're such a, uh, you're so hot right now. Yeah, I, uh, I don't, I don't know exactly what it is. Um, I think uh, there's been a lot of really cool events going on during the, the lockdown and it was, seemed like a really easy way to uh, get involved and help out, you know, just, jump on a, a zoom call or something and help raise money for frontline workers. Um, and I think so. So I started really reconnecting with a lot of people from, uh, not only my season, but from, uh, you know, all the events over the years and stuff. And, uh, it's been really cool, really cool getting to, uh, connect with everyone and, um, and really see where, where people are at. Yeah. One of the good things about 2020, the return of, uh, frosty to the survivor community. Yeah, you know, I just tried to bring a little bit of light in, uh, <laughs> yes. into all this. Yes. I just saw that too, Frosty. I didn't see that till earlier today that you had gotten, uh, that you had caught up with Dalton Ross or actually that Dalton Ross had caught up with you. How cool is that? Because Rob, you and I had no idea that he had talked to Dalton, right? I mean, we just, no. like I said, we're trying to get him since season one. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, it's all happening. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it was, it was really great too. I think, uh, you know, Dalton, from uh, Entertainment Weekly, asked some really great questions. And I think it, it just really has been uh, nice for me to start thinking about some of this stuff. I uh, actually just during all this, you know, you get some time to binge some TV, and my wife has actually never watched Survivor, um, so she'd mm-hmm. never seen my season, and decided she she wanted to give it a give it a shot. So we started watching, um, and it was kind of crazy to relive it. You know, I hadn't watched it in in years at, at this point, you know, seeing myself looking like this skinny, dirty, starving, uh, jungle monkey, just running around looking mm-hmm. crazy, growing facial hair. It was the first time I'd ever had a mustache actually. Uh, it was, it was nuts. It's really nuts to look back and see all that stuff. Well, you know, Frosty, I always think about you whenever, uh, parkour, uh, comes up. And I feel like that, uh, parkour feels like, and again, tell me that if I'm just like, uh, totally, uh, out there, but I feel like that parkour is getting hotter right now. Is that, is that fair to say? Cause I watch Ultimate Tag and then the floor is lava. It's, is it, does it feel like that there's more TV about parkour? Actually, my company, Tempest Freerunning, is uh, working with Ultimate Tag right now. We have a bunch of our athletes um, on there. Uh, Jesse LaFlair, uh, Corbin, the, he's the kid, and mm-hmm. uh, Sid- Sydney Olson. She's uh, Spitfire. She's actually yeah. you know world champion freerunner that our team sponsors. And they're wearing our shoes. Yeah. Those, uh, those cool shoes they're wearing. Those are all made by our company. Yeah, my kids love it. My son, like, will do a cartwheel, and he's like, "Dad, is that was that good parkour?" And I said, "Yeah, that was that was pretty good. That was, that was pretty good." So, yeah, it's 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 everywhere. Uh, what about the floor is lava? Did you watch that? Yeah, I think it's it's really cool. You know, it's uh, it's it's for me. We we kind of been joking about. Um, Remember the the Nickelodeon shows, um, you know, like hidden the legend yeah, of the hidden, hidden temple, temple yeah. and uh, the aggro crag. <laughs> yeah, you know? yep. I think those are the things that that really it got you know like inspired me when I was a kid, and it feels like they're coming back. And I think it's even better that they're not even really for 
kids. It's, it really is just for adults that are obsessed with, mm-hmm. with all this stuff. And so I think it's, it's, it's kind of amazing. There's this level of indulgence for just like that inner child that we have that I think is really cool. Um, and, you know, for me, parkour, you know, it, it comes from this background of being very serious, you know, like military training. And when I was living in DC, you know, we trained, you know, law enforcement, uh, secret service, and, you know, all kinds of people that were really using these things for practical purposes. But, um, since moving to California, you know, our, our company, we really focus a lot on kids, on movies and creating mm-hmm. sort of magic. And, yeah. uh, you know, our, our facilities that we built out here, they've got life-size Mario land and Minecraft and, you know, there's a, you know, we've got a, a miniature castle with a remote controlled drawbridge. And it's like, it's like all about making sort of fantasy worlds come to life. And I think that letting people's imagination kind of run wild goes hand in hand with all of it. It's pretty cool. You know, Frosty, I feel like I don't know a lot about your uh, background and what ultimately led you to Survivor. And you got involved with Survivor at at such a young age. Could you just uh, talk a little bit uh, about your journey up up until getting on Survivor? How how involved with parkour were you before you even went on Survivor? Um, well, you know, parkour was pretty small, even at that point it was uh, in a survivor could be considered an early adopter mm-hmm. you know um and i think i had found it you know I, I was growing up in a small town in northern michigan um and actually one of my martial arts teachers had seen it on ripley's believe it or not because this was in the pre youtube days mm-hmm. of the sport which is kind of crazy to think about but um yeah so when i was 14 i just kind of with my friends went out and started doing this thing that nobody knew about that didn't make a lot of sense. But uh, I, I think I just naturally fell into it and, and found this sort of excitement that helped a lot in building a community around it. So really, I think at the time, there wasn't a professional level to this sport. It was just a bunch of kids who were out doing this stuff and trying to like upload videos um, online, <laughs> bad Linkin Park songs or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really once it was when people like Madonna reached out and were like, Ooh, I, I, I want to capture this new thing. And like, how can I make it cool and bring it out? And we just happened to be the ones out there doing it. So, you know, one of my, my first times ever auditioning for anyone was for Madonna. That was just on her stage. And I Whoa. threw myself out there and just, just went, it was like, yeah. And I had a friend that was, was working on it and, and, and told me that the guy who was supposed to be doing the part had like broken his ankle and, and needed, they, they were like, they're auditioning people. Just like, come give it a shot. And that's how I got my first real job. So um, you went on the tour or that was in a video? Uh, that was in on the, the tour. I just did, um, basically just did this like fill in role for her U.S. tour. She had a guy in her European, um, thing that couldn't get a visa in there. Um, and the guy that they were supposed to have fill in busted his ankle on the first day. So they needed somebody to fill in. So I did like four weeks across the country, started in LA and then went across and up into Canada for a minute, Montreal and stuff. So that was, it was like, just like the craziest summer job I think you could Mm -hmm. ever get. And then I think once I came out of that, I was really questioning like what I want to do if I wanted to go back to school because I had just graduated high school and started 
going to film school in Chicago. And uh, that's when I, I heard about Survivor from uh, uh, my boss, actually. He was helping me get look at some stuff. And he had gotten a call about it and was all stoked. Like, maybe he could get on Survivor. And he, he's a big outdoors guy. He loves, you know, like CrossFit and all this stuff. So he was, like, trying to talk to it. And they were asking him, oh, you're into parkour. Do you know any, like, cool, hip, young Asian guys? <laughs> and he's like, well, I know. I know this one guy, and then of course they they were looking for I think literally Asian hipsters because my casting after I sent in my video it was just like all tattooed emo mm-hmm. Asian kids, um, but it worked out great for me because I you know I I think I stood out in a lot of ways that they weren't expecting, and my cast my tape was all about how even though I was underage I think it, it I was reflecting something that they wanted on the show that they were missing. And I think it was at a time when they were kind of like, okay, how can we shake things up? You know, it was the start of them mm-hmm. really looking for ways to try and diversify. Um, and so not only could I be like different in what I did in parkour and that, but also just, you know, I was breaking their own rules and telling them it was a good idea. Hey, so frosty, so frosty. Number, the first thing I'm thinking of is the boss that wanted to get on Survivor that got ding dong ditched because his employee took the spot. I guess if you had to do a resume when you got back, your first job working for Madonna probably helped you out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I actually ended up being able to do some really cool stuff. And I think Survivor really helped in terms of of getting some recognition around what we were trying to do as a legitimate thing. Ended up being sponsored. Uh, one of my first sponsors was K-Swiss Shoes. Uh, they decided to try and do something cool in the in the sport so we we came back and i ended up shooting some commercials for them with uh anna kornikova um and then instead of going i was going to go back to school and a couple of my friends actually convinced me to just stay in la on the way to the airport so we just turned around and i dropped out of school and started working uh pretty much all across the country doing stuff in hollywood and Hong Kong. Right after that, we were taking stuff uh, through the U.S. Embassy. We went to Lebanon and, you know, uh, toured around Beirut. We're teaching classes for uh, kids and students out there. Um, it's, it was really kind of a wild ride after that. I mean, you guys have seen parkour has become way more mainstream yeah. and it, they're really just looking for ways to sort of bring it into to so much so much stuff now. So, yeah, it was, it was definitely great on the on the resume. Yeah, so you feel like that Survivor really helped uh, raise your exposure level? Uh, yeah, I mean, not in the way it would now. I think I look at the anyone who goes on the show now and like instantly their social media blows up and they're getting a lot of... Oh, so you feel like it's directly. better now, Frosty. I feel like that's interesting because I feel like that the people now are like, boy, I wish I would have gone on 10 years ago. Then it would then it would have made a difference. I mean, I think that, that there's some truth to that in the sense that there's a chance you could be like a, a like an, a literal star and like get mm-hmm. like a TV show or I don't know do Playboy or something. And there's definitely less likelihood of of, of that now because there's been yeah. so many people. But I think now there is an opportunity to use it sort of more as um, a building block for a lot of people. You yeah, know, I think I, I think so many people are. And take you know an opportunity to be on a 
TV show to build, um, you know, a personal brand or business or mm-hmm. whatever it is they're they're trying to do. Yeah. Um, and I think it's more fun than you know running a Spartan race. Yeah. I'd rather do this. Yeah, you know, it's a really good point because I always feel like that for people that want to go on these shows that, it, you know, if you have something going on and, and then you go on the show, like it could help you really sort of stand out in the field that you're already in as opposed to, hey, I've got nothing going on. I'm going to go on the show and then I'll be something with you have to you have to have you have to have like some something that you're doing already that you, that you can, you know, help get further in that field by going on the show. Like it's a if you are in a uh, a specialized uh, area, yeah, and I think there's there's an idea about it now, and like what it says about being on the show. Like I think it more it used to be a bit more of a I think like reality TV shows didn't really have a structure back in the day, so it was the start of laying the groundwork for a lot of different things, both on how a game show is played, but also how us you know just documenting people being real human beings in unique situations as it can be. Um, and now it's developed into a, you know, I'm, you know, going through winners at war right now. It's like every single second is strategy. And, you know, there's, it's, it's a totally different show than it, it used to be. And the kinds of people that are on it have slowly changed. And it's, it's, that's what keeps it interesting. But yeah, it's definitely developed and the world has changed over time. Rob, I want to ask Frosty about this parkour because I am embarrassed to tell you, Frosty, I wasn't really familiar with it. And then I started watching these YouTube videos. Oh, my gosh. I'm just in awe of that. Let me ask you this. How long can one successfully parkour? I know you're still a young guy at 33, but what's the average age of somebody? Are you still doing it? Can you still be successful in your 30s and 40s? And Yeah, I mean, it definitely changes the things that people can do, but I think more what people want to do. If I wanted to go out and do some really crazy stuff, yeah, I could still get my body to do it. But uh, I, I definitely have different interests in what I like to put myself through uh, now. So I still like to move around. I still like to get out there, um, especially when I'm, you know, in more comfortable places. You know, going out on the concrete is way different than going to the gym where there's mats or foam or going to the beach where there's sand. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty much retired now in terms of my professional, you know, definitely competitive and performance career. What was the worst injury that you that you had because of parkour? Um, you know, I think there's there's a lot of a lot of different types of things. Probably the the worst one I sort of I competed a couple times in American Ninja uh, American Ninja Warrior. Um, yes, which was really cool opportunity. Um, but in the midst of filming a, a video with my uh, sponsor at the time and um, preparing to go to uh, Japan, uh, I ended up just you know overworking myself and, and tweaking a muscle in my back. And it was one of those things where you know you're you're like fighting to get yourself back into shape because you you know you want to do this thing. It's such a cool opportunity. At the time, I'd never been to Japan. It was a dream of mine. Um, and uh, I had to I had to pass up on that opportunity, um, and I think on one hand it it was one of the hardest decisions to say like okay I'm not going to compete you know like most people that that go on Survivor you know I have a very uh, big appreciation or love for competition and I and I and I want to 
do my best. And that's also why I had to, to pass on it. But the recovery was really great. And I came back and was able to, uh, run the course again the next season, which was, it's awesome. Um, but yeah, it can be really tough to, to build back from those, those things, especially early on. So, Frosty, uh, we would love to talk a little bit about your uh, Survivor China experience. And uh, you were part of a very interesting uh, group to start the game on the uh, Jean Hu tribe. Uh, did you have a- a- any particularly uh, fond memories from uh, your time with the Jean Hu tribe? Yeah, I mean, I think I had so much fun, probably an unfair amount of fun. Um, I really enjoyed my, my time out there. I, I think obviously there's a lot of miserable moments. You know, you're starving in the jungle. You're mm-hmm. you know, like getting eaten alive by bugs and you're having people lie to your face and com- complete, uh, lack of understanding of what's going to happen to you in any given moment. But there's also a freedom to it. And, you know, because I think I was young and probably a little naive. Mm-hmm. Um, playing the game, I was able to really soak, soak it up and, and enjoy a lot of those moments. And we had a very young tribe and we voted out our older <laughs> members early on. Yes. Yes. Um, and so we did spend a good amount of time hanging out. And I think it's, uh, you may not be able to tell, you know, there's a tiered system that I think if you've been in a shelter like this, you know, but our shelter was actually pretty boss. You know, we had a tarp, we had some pillows. And some nice, you know, bamboo structures and crazy Dave really did build a great fire pit. (laughs) So we had like this amazing little oven and, you know, it was really nice to hang out. He knew what uh, he was talking about with the fire pit. Exactly. And, uh, you know, Eric, you know, God bless him was like a living radio. He just, he was like the pre Spotify, but for Eric could sing. Yeah. Oh God. He's not just do goat impressions. I mean, that was impressive too. And it's, it's funny how much joy you can get out of a single goat impression, mm-hmm. you know, because <laughs> I have so many just memories just fondly of that goat noise coming up. Mm-hmm. But no, he has amazing voice and like a, an incredible memory for songs. You know, he could just pick up a little part of it and, and, oh, yeah. How, so how would that work? You would just be, he would be like basically like your Alexa of like a Eric play, blah, blah, blah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you start to hum it out, see if you can get it. And then you, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, I used to wrestle when I was in high school, and yes. I did a lot of like you know weight cutting, and I, I really tried to convince my tribe early on to not just get into food talk, and yes. and so like anything to to not get into just talking about food really makes a difference. And of course, by the time I got traded over to the uh, to the other tribe, they were already well into it, and we mm-hmm. talked about some dev- devilishly bad food things. James and uh, mm-hmm. Todd's mom apparently battle back and forth for who can make it the most like devastatingly unhealthy desserts. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a really, yeah, it was, it was impressive. But fantasy food camp, you know, if you can avoid going there, it can be really good. It's we not used, a good idea. Yeah. You know, we used Eric, Eric a lot for his, for his voice, which is a lot of fun. Fro- Frosty had to, so had you seen any other of the seasons before you got out there? Anything, any yeah, survivors? I had watched a couple seasons. I watched the first season actually with my dad. We were not big TV people. I actually spent a few years as a kid not watching any TV at all. Um, I was in my one of my one of my casting interviews. I got 
I got sponsored by a bunch of friends and family members to not watch TV for several years. Um, and so I bought my first camera. Um, but they, uh, yeah, they, they, they had, my dad had gotten into the show when he heard about it. He liked something about it. And we watched the first season together. And then when, uh, my friend started talking about it, I ended up watching a couple of the seasons, um, leading up to it. And then when, when you go out and you start casting, they just give you DVDs. And I've been a bunch of them but um it's crazy that was only there were only 15 we were season 15 there was not that many seasons now there's yeah 40 of them <laughs> yeah so you said you're watching now winners at war you're getting caught up at winners at war so let me ask you this how did you feel about not having your winner todd Herzog, out there at winners at war um i mean i think every season wanted to see theirs represented um, of course, I think Todd played an amazing game. Um, I am curious how, how he would have done in this, uh, in this group. I think one of the things Todd really had going for him was he was the biggest fan out there. He really did have the best understanding of how this game could work. And it was, it was really to his advantage to be more sort of educated and prepared than almost everybody else in that, in that season. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't have been, um, on this one. So I, I'm, I'm very interested in, in how, in how it's, it's, it's going and, and how it will change over time. You know, it's, you know, it's sort of a lot of question marks moving forward. How, how will things, things be? But that's, you know, the entire world is in that, that spot right now. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we we definitely are. Uh, how much have things been affected for you because of uh, COVID nineteen, Frosty? Um, well, obviously, all of the events going on right now in the in the sport are turned off. Uh, yeah, you can't do them on Zoom. Yeah, it doesn't have. Actually, my company Tempest has been doing um, online competitions. We just started it. You know, just small cash prizes, but. You know, just they, they're basically hosted through Instagram stories and mm-hmm. it's become a huge sort of gathering point for a lot of the community, which I think is, is amazing. It shows people how people are coming together, but it's because a lot of the bigger events are canceled. I usually work for uh, Red Bull TV hosting some of the uh, big parkour competitions they have around the world. Um, and those got canceled this year. Um, and I also started, a, actually started a, a game, a card game. For making connections, getting to know people, talking to them. And uh, we had a bunch of events planned around the country, uh, Chicago and LA, and they all got canceled as well. So it's, it was, it's been a lot of, uh, you know, adapting on, on your feet, trying to see where you can, you can take things. And yeah, Zoom is one way to go, but I think the world is still looking for new and better ways to, to connect even regardless of this lockdown. Did you want to go back and play for a second time, Frosty? And if you if you did get the opportunity and wanted to go, do you think your game would be different at from at 33 than it was at 20? Because obviously your social game, your physical game was very, very strong. How do you think you would do now at 33? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that it would actually probably be a lot better for me now the way it is. Um, on, on both sides, both me personally, I'm definitely more experienced human being. I mean, the amount of life that I've had is significantly more. Um, 
and I think I have a different perspective on on what this game is is, is all about and what I I would want to do in it. Um, I'm also married now, so you know I've, I'm much better, more cunning strategist ever since ever since being married. I think mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yes, um, yes. But um, marriage teaches also, you a lot about strategy, right? Yeah, and I think <laughs> I know mine does. Exactly. Um and and I think that there's also a, just a difference in the game. I think that I thrive in in adapting and being able to renegotiate social um dynamics and with things like idols literally scattered around the beaches, um it creates a lot more opportunities to shake things up and 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 I think that that would be a really big advantage for me because I'm older now, so I'm, I don't know, hopefully would be perceived less as a physical threat. Mm-hmm. Because in all honesty, I think in China, I was not that much of a physical threat. There was just, there was just really big people and really small people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the really small people were like, well, everybody is going to be a physical threat. Yeah. And it seemed like in China, there weren't a ton of challenges that really took advantage of your skill set. Is that, is that fair to say? A hundred percent. I, I really was disappointed in that aspect of it. Like, I, I think part of me felt like my secret weapon was going to be able to be going in and doing like balance and puzzles and, and other stuff on top of, you know, just running and jumping and climbing and stuff. But then I just didn't get to do any running and jumping and climbing. And it was a really weird season because I think because of James, they ended up s- scrapping a bunch of swimming stuff too. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't a lot of swimming. There wasn't a lot of running around. There was like a lot of challenges where you just sort of stood in place or like mm-hmm. ran into each other and stood in place. Um, and I was definitely pitted against James as like a physical um, opponent. And that was just absurd in things like King of the Hill or mm-hmm. wrestling. Yeah. So it was kind of like every, every couple of days they would just, just, you know, sort of flag me and throw me out there to get pummeled by the grave digger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Frosty, so you said now that you're married, you'd have a strategy. So I got to ask you this because Rob knows once you throw in the children into the mix, then you really got to step your strategy up. Do you and your wife have children yet? Uh, we have not had any kids yet. Uh-huh. Um, actually, for a while, we, we were living in New York. wants to know, when are the kids coming, yeah. Frosty? Yes. Yeah. Um, NTT, well, NTT. She, she did. Uh, so my, my wife is a designer. We work together. We have our own little uh, design company. But she also launched a company out in New York. And they were a condom company. So we, we were, had to be uh, strong supporters for a while. <laughs> yes. So we had to put, put kids <laughs> on hold for, hold on. for a little bit. Hold on. <laughs> All right, so uh, Frosty. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're what? You're, oh, no, no, you're, no, have you already? You know, we're, we're, we've left. Uh, we've left New York, and uh, we're back in California. So you know, anything could happen. Anything could happen. <laughs> All right, so Rob, let me ask him this question because since he was the fair, the youngest player to have ever played at twenty back in the day, I want to ask you this: approached at the end of Winners at War had made a request about requesting teenage applicants 16 years and older to apply. So I'm asking you for your opinion on that since you played so young. Do you think that's a good thing for somebody that young to go out there and play this the game of Survivor? I mean, I think that it would be 
interesting in that 16 year olds are crazy. <laughs> and it's, you know, they're, they're, they're very interesting human beings because that age is so, it's so, it's so all over the place. Um, do I think it's a good idea for them? I mean, I think that they're young and malleable and there's a lot that can, can go on. Do I think that it's the best person to go out there and do it? Probably not. I think that I know that my game would be better now than it was at 20 by a long shot. Mm-hmm. And I know how much better it was at 20 than it would have been at, at 16. And I mean, I think, you know, like I think back about some of the stuff that I did at 16 and I know that I'm not every kid and I know that there are kids out there that could definitely go out and just dominate in, in so many different ways from an athletic standpoint or from a strategic standpoint, you know, there's geniuses and there's pro athletes at 16. No doubt it's possible. I just think that there's so many other things that they should be doing with their time at that age. Um, yeah. But that's, yeah, I think that there's, they're going to keep looking for new ways to shake up the game. And, and that's one way to do it. I would prefer to see a, like a kid's version, like a just mm-hmm. young people rather than, you know, here's one 16 year old and then here's one you know, whatever. But, um, I think it would just be interesting to see a whole tribe of, of young people or a whole game of younger people. Rossi, you played on a season with uh, so many uh, rich characters. I, I would just love to uh, hear a little bit about uh, some of the people that you got to play with and one of my favorite people to hear about. Uh, do you have any good stories from Steve Chicken Morris and your time together? Yes, I mean, Steve, what, a, what an interesting, you're right, what an interesting character. I wish that I had Damn. gotten... Yeah, way more time with that guy. I think there was so many things going on in his head, and I just don't think I ever really got a clear understanding of what they were. And I think because we had this this group of of people, especially young people, that were sort of all over the place, mm-hmm. um, there was really a lot of question marks in our tribe about leadership and i think it's interesting how this idea of leadership became such a big part of these early stages of everything because it was such a young versus old question the whole time and there's some some part of me feels like a chicken had just stepped up and said hey i'm gonna be a leader our whole tribe could have been different but i also don't think that's that's just not who he is he Mm -hmm. really is like it's like just a bit of energy like coming out in all these different ways and 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 he's uh entertaining he's like interesting he was strong but also confusing and <laughs> and uh <laughs> and I think a lot of people have conversations with themselves inside their head and those conversations don't always make it out to the rest of the world and when you have to make a decision quickly and just trying to not be be voted off first I think I definitely was very quick to just say, mm-hmm. okay, yes, yeah. chicken. If you do that, then I can definitely feel more comfortable with these young people and these old people. And it's not me. And I think it was like PG was the first one to come to me with this, this thing. And he was like, she did it at the right moment. He had just said some, uh, 
some dumb stuff at camp. Like he just like still wasn't stepping out helping and he'd also fallen out of the boat <laughs> and we were already just like, Oh my God, like, is he going to die? <laughs> is he going to die? And, and how how well, bad did he fall? Some, I think it was just like, you know, he's got like this sort of bum leg. Yeah. And, um, Damn. everybody starts, you know, just starts like kind of questioning everything right away. And I think we also kind of were down a lot or, you know, in, in terms of us feeling like we got the short end of the stick on the, the tribes. I think there was a sort of immediate perception of like, oh crap, we're going to, we could definitely be a losing tribe. Mm -hmm. So we, we ended up, you know, trying to have more fun and, and sort of think about other stuff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, anybody who saw our season definitely saw us get beat up time sure. and time again. And we didn't do much to help ourselves in terms of voting off like our, you know, chicken and then Ashley and, Mm -hmm. And Dave, so. Well, how about uh, Crazy Dave that you mentioned earlier? Do you have any, any uh, good stories about your time with uh, Dave Cruiser? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know how they found somebody like <laughs> Dave, but he's he's he is like a huge <laughs> enigma. It's it's like he he couldn't help himself but create drama, mm -hmm. and I think that was you know that was like his his greatest gift. And I do think if he had made it farther into the game he could have really messed things up for people in a really interesting way but mostly i felt like he just messed things up for himself mm -hmm. he just time and time again would would try to set something up but i think in just such a overly exaggerated almost caricature of a strategy that it was <laughs> it was just too in your in your face yeah and nobody nobody wanted to get attached to him so like I remember the, uh, the the one thing that they show on the show is this big thing about the shells with Sharia because he like really wanted to keep these shells for his 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 mom or something, which is mm -hmm. sweet. And I just always think about how someone like he like he wanted to do this sweet thing for his mom, and instead it became like a thing an angry tirade with his his campmate. And uh, that was probably a, a great way to summarize, you know, Crazy Dave because he was. You know, the one thing you don't want to do when you're up on the chopping block is just get in a bunch of people's faces about absolutely nothing. Yeah, it's a good point. And, yeah, there's there's just so many many uh, little things, and I just remember every time he would fart, he would blame it on barking frogs, which was like a bad <laughs> that's like a bad dad joke the first time, but like the seventeenth time that you hear this, like <laughs> oh. Oh, guys, I think we have barking frogs in here. It really, it like goes through waves of like not being funny or being like so not funny that you, you laugh a little bit. And then you're mad that you laugh because you're like, Oh my God, he's going to do it again now because he thinks it's funny now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, uh, those are the, the, the parts of the, you know, living out there with, with somebody that, that get really, really nuts when yeah. you're just like, Oh, this guy is just like so sticky all the time and right next but <laughs> yeah what are you gonna do say frosty since the final three were all young people you know your age amanda uh, kimball's i think 22 courtney was 26 and todd 22 if you had and they all started on the same tribe together if you had started out with them would you have been one of those final three because you still made it quite far into the game being on the tribe, they were taken out. Yeah, um, I, I definitely had a lot of thoughts about that. I wanted to be on that tribe. I really felt like I had a good 
connection with Todd and Courtney, um, which I do believe that I, I could have, have used to go farther. But I, I do have a feeling that I probably would have still been perceived as more of a, a threat than, than someone like uh, Amanda, for example, going farther into the game. And, uh, I think Todd really was like trying to set up shields for himself in terms of just having people positioned well to sort of take the right type of attention off and to put the right types of people in that, uh, that final three. And as much as I would like to say that I, I would have, would have been if I had just been on that tribe, I don't know if that's, that's the case. Cause I think I still would have been seen as a threat and probably I would have just been even closer with. Todd and Courtney, which was already uh, made me more of a a threat, and I think that was I was trying to do it. I was like trying to ingratiate myself to people, so mm-hmm. I probably would have I probably would have just continued to do it and just felt more comfortable, and then probably just gotten blindsided. Frosty, can we ask you about the swap in your season when you guys get the note about that you're going to uh, be able to take uh, two players from Fei Long? Uh, we actually just watched this episode uh, recently. We were going through, through and watching classic episodes, and we actually watched it with PG, and we were talking with her about uh, what was going through your heads where everybody there is like, oh, we are going to take two people from their tribe. We're going to have seven, and we're going to crush uh, Fei Long now. Yeah, I think for us, it was definitely a part of our mentality that we were just, we felt like we had been so wrong by the survivor gods <laughs> yes. that we we just, we they were like, oh, this is too, too, too unfair. We've got to give them a couple people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and honestly, I think, you know, when, when you're in this sort of dynamic where you're, you, you just already believe this so hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We just, we just totally thought we were getting more, more people. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And then of course getting traded over to the other side ended up not being the worst thing that, that had ever happened to me. Um, it definitely was scary because you have no idea what you're getting yourself into. Um, but again, I think those shakeups sort of create good opportunities to, to, to find those little cracks. Mm-hmm. Sharia, Sharia had said that she unfortunately didn't get enough time to get to know you as well as she really wanted to on a personal level. But she said that y'all had a wonderful moment together on the boat when y'all were switched to the other tribe. Does anything stand out in your mind about Sharia? I think it's really cool how these, these moments where you get to just take it all in, they don't come up as much as you, you think. But, you know, sitting on that boat, we really sat on that boat and went from one camp to the other. And the only thing we knew is that we had been sitting there with, with somebody who was in our tribe. We we're like, okay, you know, we, we got to do this. But once you make that deal, you're just sort of sitting there and, and, and you're looking out over the ocean. You're like, oh my God, what am I, what am I doing? I'm just like in the middle of China right now. I'm just followed around by this, this guy with a camera and I'm, I'm just sitting here making a deal with this person. I don't even really know based on a, a completely unknown future ahead of us. And it's, it's really surreal, but it's really, I think it, it, it's a really powerful 
experience, something that always sticks with me, just sort of knowing that you've got to say, okay, let's do this. We're going for it. You and me, we're in this. And, and of course, all that goes, goes to crap in, in two seconds once you get there. But uh, the moment, it was really, really magical. Frosty, at the merge, you ended up winning individual immunity where you were able to win the memory challenge uh, at the merge feast. Did you see anything that sort of tipped you off that uh, basically uh, the big celebration could be a challenge or it was just something that played into your ability to be able to uh, do puzzles and uh, play things like uh, card games like you're uh, coming up with on your own? Um, I mean, I'd like to say that I knew I had like deduced from mm-hmm. uh, circumstantial evidence that it was, but really, I you know, I I, I assumed there was probably going to be a challenge because Jeff said something along the lines of, you know, don't let your guard down because you never know who you're eating with or something like that. You know, some something along those lines. So I was like, okay, we're probably going to have to do something. But I, it was funny, I wasn't allowed to drink at the time because I was only 20. And I saw they were starting to, they were letting everybody else drink. And I was kind of like, oh man, maybe they're not going to do a challenge because they're like serving rice wine and stuff. And of course, like a couple people hooked me up with a little glass. I had really great classmates. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I was kind of starting to think like, oh, maybe I was wrong. Maybe we're not going to do anything. And of course, they waited till we got back to to camp to drop it on us. But I mean, there was no way to know all to look for all the things that they were talking about. It really was just, if you saw it, if you could bring it up and, uh, who knows, maybe being underage, you know, I didn't get to imbibe as much as the rest of them. Mm -hmm. It it might've helped me out there. Um, So you say they were more, much more drunk. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Yeah. So you're definitely makes it harder to remember what kind of shoes the dancers were with. Your age really helped you there. <laughs> Got it. Frosty, do you realize um I know Rob's really good friends with PG, but I did talk with PG about you and she she said that I think you in my intro I noticed I said about you making her cry. And what I meant by that was she said that she doesn't think you realized how attached that she was to you during the game and your time together. And she wanted me to let you know that after you were traded to Fei Long, she said she thought about it and she sat around and cried for an hour Whoa. and after that she did yep frosty yeah no can you imagine that's what i said can you imagine pg crying she said she sat around for an hour and cried and after that she decided to throw the challenge to save you and sharia isn't that cool wow isn't yeah. that sweet pg didn't know oh, if you knew pg. that or not so there you go now you know it I did not know that. Yeah. That is re- <laughs> that's incredibly sweet. I can't. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I did have a great PG. connection with I- PG. I, I, yeah, give me some tissues now, too, please. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I really did connect with, with PG. I felt like I connected with you know, that, that part of my tribe really well. Jamie and Eric and PG and I were really close, and it felt like we were making it through some not only like some tough challenges, but also like living with Dave, which felt like it's mm-hmm. some kind of challenge. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's so tough too, because I always, you know, you want to help everybody and you want to make things right. And you are, you know, suffering through this stuff and you, you want to do right by everyone. But, uh, 
you know, realizing that PG had thrown that challenge for us was really, it is really, I mean, it's moving, you know, the kind of stuff that you see people do when they just, they want to, I don't know, connect and you're playing this game and it, it becomes like this, this, this way to, uh, to really build a real relationship. And, uh, yeah, I wish that I could have helped her out. Yeah, Frosty, we always, you know, uh, see this episode and see it from, from the perspective of the people that are over on John Hu and from, uh, James's perspective. But did, for the people that were on Fei Long, did you guys suspect that this was a, uh, challenge throw? Did you see what was going on where, uh, we see, uh, where Jamie is throwing the puzzle pieces around and Jeff seems like he's getting upset? Did you suspect that they might be throwing the challenge? I mean, I definitely didn't know anything about it during that, um, during that challenge. Cause I, I just remember swimming, like diving my ass off for that, mm-hmm. that, that diving challenge and coming back being so busted and then just being like, Oh my God, I think we can do it. I think we won. Like I just kept thinking like, no matter what I, I need to, like we need to, we need to win these challenges. The only way that I'm, I'm going to make, it. I need more time, I need more time. And so like, I, I don't think I even, fully realized what was was happening mm-hmm. um until the um the eating challenges when i feel like i really was just like what is going on mm-hmm. because i could tell that there was something going on but i was convinced that denise was trying to throw this and james was trying to throw it at the same time so i was starting to think like oh maybe there is like a more going on than, than i realized but Really, Denise just couldn't eat <laughs> yeah, she couldn't eat chicken balloons. Balloon, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I didn't fully know what was going on. I mean, it seemed pretty clear that they were going to get, they were, you know, getting rid of James and Eric was, seemed smart for them. Mm-hmm. So it felt like it was good for me either way. Um, but I still yeah. was just so unsure of whether or not I could get in with this new tribe. Because I had helped to like find this immunity idol, and like maybe there was more opportunity there since it seemed like they were going to come out and talk, or if I needed to talk and bring some people to my old alliance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also knew that no matter what, you know, we were there was no way that I would be as close as Jamie and Eric, and mm-hmm. that probably PG would be tied up with them. So it was, it was sort of un- unclear. Yeah, and I really did think I could something with Courtney um, and, and maybe Todd, but okay. Like that. Frosty. And then another big moment in the season is at the merge when uh, Jamie is going to play uh, the uh, immunity idol, which is uh, the uh, the dummy tile, uh, not the real immunity idol that James already had found uh, back on the back at the camp. Uh, did you know that that was coming, that Jamie was going to be playing a uh, immunity idol, which she thought was real, but actually wasn't? And can you talk about what that was like? Yeah, I mean that was that was really really tough too because one, I mean, she really did find what was essentially an immunity idol that just didn't say the words immunity idol on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think it was definitely you know sort of a last ditch effort. I need to do to do something, and I already knew what had happened with the idols. So it, it was, I think it was it was one of those moments where I feel like I really had to <laughs> just absorb like what I was doing. Like, okay, I'm definitely letting go. Of of, of Jamie, but I also like can't, you can't really express 
any emotion in in that mm-hmm. that moment because you still have to play so many things and it it it, it should have been just like I don't know I it, it was a tough moment it was a tough moment for for everybody involved and for me like trying to be like a good guy and feeling like I'm like betraying a friend because I trade alliances and then also seeing her just like throw down something which is totally worthless and <laughs> sucks so bad but mm-hmm. um, there's there's a lot of emotion there it's kind of nuts the way that you process emotion when you're you're in the midst of everything like Frosty mm-hmm. that you play I'm telling you right now just listening to you talk and Rob tell me if I'm wrong about this you played 20 years old and your level of maturity and the way you were so compassionate for everybody it'll be just what you just said about Jamie feeling bad for her that you knew she was throwing down some a fake idol I mean and again everybody I've talked to has said nothing but all these things about how mature and caring and how you were even at the beginning I said uh, Sheree was saying how you you were the one that kept you were the glue that kept everybody together on both tribes that's quite an accomplishment and quite a compliment for a 20 year old thank you yeah I probably shouldn't have done that (laughs) (laughs) well uh, Leslie Neese was saying how you had carried up her bag. And I have to mention this, Rob. You carried up her bag 500 stairs at the very beginning when y'all were going up to the temple. Mm-hmm. Leslie told me you carried her bags up. And you gave you gave her one of your shirts to wear because hers was wet. And she said she was actually in an interview wearing one of your shirts. Uh, what, a, what a great guy you are. Now, here is a cut, cutthroat game of Survivor. And you're on all sides with with both with both the tribes trying to help everybody. Yeah, and it, and unfortunately, that is part of what came back to to bite me. I heard things about helping Leslie carry her her bag up because I think she had mentioned people, and I did like loan everybody my shirts because you know we were so short short handed on clothes. Um, and that's you know it, it's all those things I think people started to recognize and. I, uh, I was just trying to set a good example. I think there's also, you know, like they're interviewing you a lot. Like, and my part of my story is that I'm, you know, the youngest person so far in the, in the history of the show. So they're like, what's it like to be young here? Do you feel this? And so like, I feel like I'm trying to like represent young people and be like, we can be good too. And like, we're, look how helpful I am. Oh, and you did. Yeah. And you did. <laughs> yeah. Now they're 16 year olds. So you're welcome. Not yet. Younger not generations. yet. <laughs> okay. Please. Hey, Frosty, who, who has played before or that you've watched that reminds you of you the most or who is your favorite player? Either one of those or answer both of them. Um, you know, there's, there's so many, many different things that I, you know, I'd like to see more of myself in, um, you know, like the calm, calculated, like Yule character who just sees it all, but I also know I'm not that good at math. So then I'm like, ah, I wish that I was like, uh, you know, like a badass challenge hog or something, but I actually never really did that. And I, you know what? I feel like the person who best categorizes the, the, the sort of elite level of play that I embody is, is me. You know, I think Frosty's the only one who can really epitomize Frosty's gameplay, um, <laughs> to the, to the peak. Then really, and, and that's why, uh, yeah, yeah. But for me, Survivor, third chance, second chances, whatever third, the third, second chances or whatever comes up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Frosty, Frosty for second chances. Okay. Yeah. 
We're putting out the hashtag. Put it out there. Uh, Frosty, you voted for Todd at the final tribal council. Were you coming into that final tribal council as a, a Todd vote, or did his legendary uh, final tribal council performance sway you? I definitely had weight put into my questions and the questions that everybody else asked. I took it really seriously, and I think that I had, I wanted to see, okay, first of all, like, I, I wanted to know if Courtney had any. Uh, like a real strategy behind anything she's doing or if it was just luck. I wanted to see if Amanda felt like she was like actually pulling the strings on Todd or like creating the circumstances um, at all. And, and I think at the end of it, it just, it just really seemed like Todd set out with a plan of what he wanted to do. And every step of the way he found ways to, to make it work all the way up to that tribal council, which I think, he said he killed it and uh yeah i i still stand by giving him my vote frosty tell me i know i think you and todd are probably pretty close he had glowing 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 did i say glowing things to say about you but he wanted me to ask you about the tattoo that you designed for him after the show that he got while staying with you in chicago yes oh man that tattoo I had gotten my first survivor or my first tattoo after survivor. I got one of our challenges on there and was talking to Todd and he had been, he'd been kind of the inspiration for another tattoo I wanted to get. And we were hanging out a bunch at the time and luckily living in Chicago was a hub. So he was coming through there a bunch and uh, we had started planning out this tattoo and he liked this bird that my mom had drawn for me, this um, Japanese crane and, he wanted some kind of bird, was into like a different kind of look. And so I, I helped draw this design and it was crazy because I, I made this cool, intricate piece and it was, you know, about the size of a softball or something. And uh, we went into the place to do it and they said, Oh, this is great, really cool art. Uh, but we should definitely make it bigger so that it, it, it looks, it looks good. And <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. How much bigger do you think? He's like, Oh yeah, 25, 30% bigger, blah, blah, blah. They try a couple, they print a couple out because it's like a scanning machine and they come away. And the final thing they put on his back is the entire thing. It's his whole back. <laughs> and so they ended up <laughs> taking that design and just blowing it up and doing this huge piece that covers his whole back. But, uh, yeah, well, forever, you know, not, if not a place in Todd's heart, all over his back. <laughs> all right. Hey, Rob, I got to ask you more thing. And tell me about the Godfather moment. Uh, I'm sorry. Pardon me. The Godfather moment. Todd wanted me to ask you about the uh -oh. Godfather moment. Is it? Is he? Wait, is he talking about the Apple moment? Is that his? Don't ask me. He just said to ask you about the Godfather moment. I think that's that's his his moment because he always said that that was his favorite thing that he's ever done. You know, like one of those cool moments where you're like, oh, I wish somebody had been there to see that. But he actually was on TV and millions of people saw it. And I, you know, we just we did our little scurry off to the, the well path and made our dirty deal. And I had an apple and just like, I don't know, just threw the apple and catches it in midair, like barely even had looks at it and like walks away like a cool guy. And I think that epitomized for Todd, everything that he had dreamt of for years and years of watching the show of like, you know, like, you know, like being an overweight teen who like lost all the weight and got in shape and like traveled the world, like, did everything to be on the show, pushed it all through, and then ended up making it and winning it. 
but it's like best epitomized in this moment where he gets to look like the cool guy he always imagined he would be on TV, like getting to be that guy. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that I was a part of it for him. The Godfather moment. (laughs) Okay. All right. So, so Todd, I mean, Todd, so Frosty, after talking to Todd, you've heard me tell you, I've talked to quite a few of your uh, castmates. I talked to Todd Herzog, Leslie Neese, P.G. Law, and Sharia Lloyd, who got back to me quickly because you and I pulled this together fairly quickly in the last couple of days. And they got back to me so quickly with all these comments about you. Now, these four players have given me adjectives that describe you. So I'm going to go ahead and give you the adjectives and you tell me which one said it. Are you ready? Okay. All right. The first one said that they would describe you as cool, calm, and collected. Cool, calm, and collected. Uh, you are the Sharia. Yes, yes, indeed. Okay. Yes. The next one said, easygoing, creative, and ambitious. Easygoing, creative, and ambitious. And ambitious. And this, is be- this is between um, PG, Le- Todd, and Leslie. That's right. I'm going to say Leslie. Nope. Oh. That's okay. Mm. You still got second. Second guess. Second guess. Easy, easy going, creative, and ambitious. Uh, how about PG. There we go. All right. The next yes. one: kind, strong, and hardcore parkour. He's even. He's even taking this challenge seriously right now, Rob. You see it? Mm-hmm. See it? Okay. <laughs> Kind, strong, and hardcore parkour. Um, kind and strong. Kind and strong. Hardcore parkour. Kind. Yeah, I'm going to give it to Leslie. Boom. All right. Chill, original. Chill, Chill, original. And this is the best adjective I think I've ever heard anybody describe anybody. Chill, original, and striking. Striking. <laughs> yes. That's got to be Todd. Listen to this. This is so cool what he said. Chill, original, and striking. So I had to make sure I understood what striking meant. It meant it encompasses everything about you, Frosty. And it's a great way to, to end our podcast with you. Striking encompasses everything about you. And it's he said it's the truth. He is a wonderful human being. Yes, not just his looks, but his entire person. He's very much someone that stands out in a crowd. So, wow. That's very oh. strong, Frosty. Very strong. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so yeah. much for doing this. Thank you for doing this. Yeah. Thank you for doing this. Frosty, can you tell people how they can uh, keep up with what you're doing? Yeah, you can, uh, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, or or on online at Frosty Fresh. That's F R O S T I F R E S H. My company Tempest Free Running's out there too. You can check out our, our gyms. They're opening up uh, right now, and we've got gear and videos online. And uh, Canyons, the game. It's my new game that just that just came out. You can uh, try out for free online or get. Uh, Is that the card game? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can you tell people just real quick, because we have a lot of gamers that are uh, in the audience. Uh, how does Canyons work? Why, why should people play it? Um, Canyons is a game that's all about making up your own rules. 
So it gives you a, a framework to, to create a, to a conversation or a connection, all the, the pieces, but uh, it really leaves it, it, it up to you for you to create something unique. And uh, we've been playing it around the world at uh, amazing creative events. Um, we did the University of Wisconsin Medical School. Been really just taking it to, to places where people are are looking to get to know each other on a on a deeper level. So beautifully designed cards. Work with an amazing artist here. They're all original hand painted pieces. Um, it's something special. It's a little bit different than, uh, than anything we tried before. Okay. All right, Frosty. Uh, so nice to get to catch up with you, uh, T Bird. Anything else? No, Frosty. Thank you so much for sharing your experiences on Survivor and what you're doing now and your legacy that you have set for the younger players, 16 and up. I know your parents were so proud to watch you play. I know your wife, if y'all hadn't finished China yet, is very proud. And your future, future kids are going to love it. What a role model. What an example. Thank you so much, Frosty. Boy, Aunt T-Bird has a lot of pressure on you today, Frosty. Yeah, I'm going to need the transcript from this to use it as my resume. They're pumping me up. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Okay, Frosty, thank you so much. Yeah, take care, guys. Bye, Frosty. Okay, how do we do, T-Bird? Frosty! Okay. That was great. Yes. How do you think it went? How do th- you think it went? I think I, it was great. I mean, great. I thought it was, it was great. Yeah, Frosty's a lot of fun to talk to. He was. He was. Hey, what T-Bird. A, what an interesting guy. Yes. I bet you could uh, do some parkour. You know what? Listen to this, Rob. Okay, so that's so funny that you're saying that because I started watching the videos. Now, on my Instagram, I shoot a video every week and I'm trying to, to, to change it up so I'm not just running. So I'm trying to change it up depending on whoever we're talking to at the time. And so when I started looking at this parkour stuff, I'm like, okay, I got to do for this this week, I got to do something on parkour. I got to do something that represents Frosty. So I've been watching these videos. So I ha- I've got to pull something together. I- I'm I-, I don't know. What do you think, Rob? What do you think? <laughs> uh, what about you're you laughing. doing some parkour? Yes, you're laughing, but I'm not totally not kidding you. I'm be careful. Okay. I mean, Frosty said he had to retire from uh, competitions. It's you know, unless you really know what you're doing. Well, of course I don't know what I'm doing. I just learned yeah. what parkour was the, the last couple I'm of days. I'm worried about you on the treadmill, T Bird. What? Well, I'll tell you what. That's so funny, Rob, because when I'm on the treadmill, I'm out there by myself. So I'm holding the phone in one hand. It's very I've got dangerous. The phone in one hand. It is. It, actually, you know what? It kind of is because I'm trying to get a good pace going and I'm trying to talk and I'm trying to hold the phone and I keep thinking. It's too much. Yeah, you're right. This parkour thing, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to think about it, but you know, I got to come up with something. I got to try something. <laughs> I have to. In honor of Frosty, the youngest player to have ever played. I have to. In honor of Frosty. Okay. All right, T-Bird, anything, anything else going on for you? No, let me see. I always like to ask you a little question about this this season because you know everything. All right, let me ask you this. Survivor China so is not one trivia. of my best seasons for knowing everything, but go ahead. Well, okay, so trivia, trivia. This was kind of tough. I, this is kind of tough. I should have asked Frosty this. Mm-hmm. All right, so you know... Um, it was the very first American show that was ever Survivor was the first American show to be filmed or produced in the People's Republic of China. True. Okay. Okay. True that. That's true. Now, the the slogan "Outwit, Outplay, and Outlast" was replaced by Chinese characters. 
I don't know if you know this, but if you look at the, the logo, at the slogan, it was replaced by Chinese characters. Okay. And it, translate, it translates to something other than outwit, outplay, outlast. Yeah, this is kind of a tough one. Do you know what it translates to? The no. Chinese characters. No, I, I, don't, I don't know that. Uh, well, don't get Why would I know that? Asking, I get, well, because you know everything about these seasons. It's so interesting. I've never heard that one. before, but no, I don't know that. Uh, what, what does it translate to? Okay, it ding means, dong ditch. Um, I mean, does it not mean ding dong ditch? Outwit, outplay, outlast. The Chinese slogans mean compete in intelligence, compete in skill, and compete in endurance. Okay, that's very interesting. Okay, okay, there we go. That's a little trivia. Yeah. Okay, let me think one more thing. Let me ask one more thing. Okay, so there was a avid reality TV fan that CBS gave the immunity idol to. As his 37th birthday gift. Who was this actor? An actor was given actor. the Survivor China immunity idol for yep. their 37th he, he, birthday. Birthday. He's an avid reality TV w- fan. Was it Who Tyler Perry? Was it? No, but that's a great guess. But okay. no, that's not trying right. to think of who would be well, that right. Uh, was it Mike White? Nope, not Mike White. This is this is kind of tricky too. Oh, T Bird. A lot of people right, ask too- me to to put Mike White on the list of people to track down. That's another name for you. Oh, they do. All right. Or, or, okay, Mike White. Okay, I'm writing it down right now on the list. Okay, Mike. Seriously, Mike yeah. White. Yeah, we're. I'm okay, a fan. Good, got yeah. Okay, okay, got it. Mike White. Has he been on RHAP before? Oh, only for uh, for a short interview. Mm-mm. We got to do better. We got to do, do better, better than that. Yeah. Okay. All right, are you ready? All right, you ready for the actor's name? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of who, what actor it would be. Um, who is it? Well, Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, that's a good one. Neil Patrick Harris. That was in stereo, yeah. I thought you might get that one. I know the other, the slogan in Chinese was kind of a tough one. Yeah. But Okay, so that was great today. I learned so much about Frosty. I really admire him. Of course, I was just getting ready to say I admire that kid. He's a kid to me. And to think, I think about him playing at 20 and all the comments that I got from everybody about him. He was very cool. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool guy. Just talking to him. You just like So cool. Him. That's why his name you is Frosty. Just, yeah. It, and there it is. Yeah. Okay. So this is the last thing I've got to follow up with. I cannot let this go. Last week, we had a great conversation with Debbie Bonner. Um, <laughs> And I need to know, have you I think you you're making her, her name more German than it is. Did she tell, uh, tell you it was Vonner? No. I'm, I, I know you speak German. No, yeah. I do. And, and I actually talked to her before we talked to her. And I told her that because of my background in German, I can't, I see it. And, and I want to say it in German. Okay. You say your name and then I'll ask you the question. Debbie Wanner. Wanner. Oh, God. You know what? And I told her. That's it. Okay. Debbie Wanner. But in German, it would be Vonner, but Vanner. Okay. Did you get her hooked up with Coach yet? No, you kinda, I no. think you kind of promised that. <gasps> she said she didn't seem that excited it? about it. And honestly, I feel like that Coach is going to be like, in the same way that you were like, hey, Debbie, you remind me of Nora. Then she was like, I'm not, I'm not Nora. <laughs> Uh, that I feel well, like that if you said to Coach, hey, Coach, I talked to Debbie. Debbie said you remind me. I feel like he'd be like, <laughs> Debbie. You don't think, I don't well, wait you. a minute. Yeah. I, think, I, think, 
I kind of, now that to me, if somebody thinks that they remind them of it, well, Frosty had a great answer. Frosty, who do you admire? Who reminds you most of you? He said himself. Mm -hmm. What a great answer. Where do you go from there? But I would think that's a compliment, Rob. If I was to say, God, my gameplay, who do I think my gameplay is much like? But I think Rob Sesternino, I mm-hmm. think Rob would say, wow, I mean, that's nice. I'm, that's a compliment. Yeah. So you don't think Coach would be would feel like that's a compliment? Yeah, I think it I would feel, be. T-Bird, there's a lot know, of Coach. egos that play with these Survivor players. I, I, I would think that you would know this. Oh, there are? Yes. Uh, well, well, okay. Now, I just think a compliment is a compliment. And if somebody... Well, that's because you you don't have a big ego for a survivor or for anybody. I just think a a compliment is, well, okay. No, these survivors, everybody's very, uh, you know, they're very concerned with their image. Oh, all right. Well, let me ask you, who do you think most reminds you of your gameplay? I've never oh, asked you that before. Let's see. I mean, there's so many people. And, uh, and if you come up with nobody, if you come up and say nobody, then I'm going to think maybe you have an ego. So you better come up no, with somebody. I, I mean, I see I see myself in a lot of different players. I feel like that um, I see my social game uh, in Suri. Uh, I see my uh, strategic game in uh, Tony. I see, um, you know, uh, so so much, so much of myself and other Survivor players, T Bird. Okay, that's a good answer. Yes, that's a good answer. Yeah. Hey, I also want to let you know that um, we do take suggestions. Mm-hmm. I think everybody knows we take recommendations on who you want to hear from. We just got one. I just got one, another one from you to add to the list, Mike White. So I want to tell you that we send me private messages on anything you think we need to tweak or I need to tweak because I don't have a big ego and I'm all about making changes. But uh, Brian Williams has sent me a message this week about trying to tweak my guessing game because it was kind of like some downtime, a little time, a little dead time that we needed to. A little bit. I'm trying to work on that. Yeah. And you even mentioned it too. Um, so any suggestions? Thank you at B Williams 815 for that suggestion. And I'm working on it. And any suggestions you have for future podcasts with Talking with T-Bird, get me their names. I'm working on them. All right. Well, T-Bird, that you have been on fire so far this summer. So uh, great job once again. T-Bird, uh, you hear anything interesting going on in your, in your world when you're not podcasting? Well, I'm actually going back to flying this month. Okay. July. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a ding on that. So, okay. you know, I'm hoping that, that, that Delta can... You know, I know it's going to be a slow startup because everything's so uncertain, but I'm, I'm with the, to me, the greatest, one of the greatest companies in the world. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to getting back, back in the sky. Yeah. That's basically what's going on. How about with you? How are those boys doing? <laughs> yeah, everybody's doing okay over here. Just very busy here uh, with work and everything that's going into uh, making uh, Rob as a podcast. So I, I can't complain too much. But I just always like to hear your positivity, T-Bird. I feel like that the the world can always use your optimism and your positive approach, especially right now. Well, Rob, that's sweet. Let me ask you this. Yeah. What are you doing right now since... Some of these seasons aren't starting up. Unfortunately, we're not starting up with season 41 Survivor, which I know disappoints all of us, but we yeah. understand. What are you doing with your podcast and <laughs> what are you doing to keep things going while these shows aren't coming back? Hey, right now? 
It might sound crazy. Uh, I'm just as busy as I was if uh, there was Survivor or Big Brother going on. So uh, we're not running out of things to talk about. We just started watching a new show called Tough as Nails, uh, which is on CBS in the Survivor time slot on Wednesday nights. And I recommend uh, people check that out. And we've been uh, able to keep ourselves busy uh, with uh, doing interviews and uh, all sorts of different stuff on the podcast. So for the time being, we're doing okay i mean survivor when it's safe uh needs to get back out there and when it's safe uh big brother needs to get back out there but in the meantime uh we're hanging in there okay and i'm able to work on a lot of things uh in just uh sort of like behind the scenes on rob's podcast that i normally wouldn't be able to get to if we had as much uh tv to cover so it's uh there is a silver lining for me hey job security yeah. Right. So far. So Job far. Security. So far. Hey, hey Rob, did you find, I know you were interviewing some podcasters. Yeah. Did you narrow the field? Did you narrow the field down? Did no, you we've seen so podcasters? many people. We've seen so many people. Uh, we've seen, uh, you know, about uh, 40 podcasters right now. And the, the challenge isn't like finding somebody who's good. The challenge is like, okay, now we found a, a ton of great people. And the question is just, you know, how, how do we utilize uh, these uh, great people that we found? God, that's great. So RHAP is expanding. I mean, that's great, Rob. And it couldn't happen to a nicer, nicer, nicer guy. And you know I mean it. Oh, I mean burn. it, mean it, mean it. You're like Frosty. You're <laughs> one of these people, people just like, no, it's true. You just, people just like you. And that goes, <laughs> goes quite a way. Plus, you're good at what you do. T-Bird, you haven't been you talking to enough people. The, even though, well, even though you did not know the Chinese slogan, you're good at what you do. You're Thank smart you. and you're likable. And you're likable. Tell that to uh, my wife, okay, T Bird? Well, hey, there's only so much <laughs> I can do. There's only so much I can do here, Rob. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Sounds great. All right. So, uh, T Bird. Great job once again. Uh, we are going. We are going to uh, be back with more talking with T Bird uh, in uh, sometime soon. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, check out everything we have going on over on R H A P. And of course, you can get more involved with everything we have going on behind the scenes when you become a patron of Robin's Podcast. Join our R H A P patron community. Uh, get access to our patron only podcast feed and much more when you go over to Robin's Website slash patron thank you so much for listening take care everybody have a good one bye bye oh you know what? uh so here <laughs> i gotta here hold on, hold on. you don't put us through that don't put either one of us through that okay I'll, well here i gotta put it on the timeline anyway so all right so just uh okay. Okay. you said this is what you wanted your fans yep, yep. demanded it. Okay. Yep. Yep.